Hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Each week, we invite guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode of Enlightened Conversations is hosted and produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. Hi everyone, it's Michelle Lightworker here and thank you so much for joining me and my beautiful special guest today, Caroline King, for an enlightened conversation. We're very excited to have you tune in and voyeur our sacred space today. Um, Caroline, for those of you who don't know the wonderful Caroline King, she's actually a kinesiologist and a business owner of Empower Kin kinesiology and she's also a presenter and author of empowered happiness discovering bliss beyond depression which is a fantastic book on a personal level she's a mother to two beautiful school-aged children and a wife to a wonderfully supportive husband she has studied a variety of different kinesiology modalities and considers herself a student of life continually reading and, and learning and absorbing everything she needs to along the way I think that's great and a great philosophy to have. She's a passionate person. She's about, uh, passionate, especially about helping people find real and lasting happiness. And she's especially passionate about helping those who have hit their rock bottom. Gives me tingles just saying that because I'm, I, I resonate so strongly with her. She runs a Facebook group called Empowered Happiness where she interacts with others and inspires them to live the life they want my kind of person. She has received a nomination for writing excellence in the 2016 Brilliant Biz Awards. She's been interviewed by the local paper, the local radio station, and writes blogs on numerous sites as well as her own. And of course, Lightworker Advocate magazine, which we've been blessed to have her involved in. She supports local fundraisers, including the local schools and cancer fund researchers. Welcome, Caroline King. Thank you, Michelle, and thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be here chatting with you today. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And uh, I, I, I feel really blessed to be sharing space with someone who is an advocate for happiness and <laughs> also an advocate for, you know, really keeping it real and saying, you know what, people hit their rock bottoms and it's not the end of the world. So thank you. Thank you. And, and I agree with you. Yeah, maintain getting happiness after hitting a rock bottom can be difficult. So I want people to know that there is life after that. And that's, yeah, that, that, yeah. that's what I guess my mission is in life now that I've found it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a funny kind of thing, isn't it? How our life purpose finds us and, uh, or, you know, we fall into it. <laughs> and yes. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny, funny thing too, because we also say I fell into depression well, you know what, sometimes falling into depression or falling into your rock bottom can lead to falling into your purpose. So well done you. Or it could be the universe's way of giving you a really good kick up the bottom when you're not listening to the universe, because I always knew I was meant to do something and write. And I had spent years doing, uh, I'd studied courses like crystals and Reiki, but never had actually implemented them in helping anyone else and running a clinic. So I think that depression was that final kick up the bottom to get out there and actually talk about things and actually, you know, uh, practice as a Reiki consultant, as a crystal healer, as well as a kinesiologist. So yeah. that was my, the universe giving me that, yeah, that tap on the shoulder or that kick up the bum to, to change my life and to do what I needed to do. 
Yeah. Oh, well, well done. I mean, I, 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 I'm very actually quite passionate about kinesiology. Um, I studied it myself um, back in 2001. And when I was actually studying it um, through integrated kinesiology up on the Sunshine Coast, um, well, it was just fascinating. And the, the, the kinesiology that I was learning as well was really um, around clearing trauma and identifying when, when the traumas had occurred. Um, and so, wow, that was, that was fascinating because I was at the time a counsellor who was specialising in trauma and abuse. So for me, it was like, wow. Um, and I had a really interesting experience um, actually, which was uh, that I would, after learning, I did the, the, the courses and, and then after, after applying that in my practice, I, was, I would go to muscle test a person and I would know before I even touched their body what the response was going to be. And I, it was freaking me out because it's certainly not something I was thinking about. Like, you know, I was thinking, it, what's going to be their response? And, you know, half the time I, I, had, I had a sort of chart that I'd refer to to go, well, is it that, is it that, is it that? You know how you can muscle test sections of a chart and things like that. And it would just be like, I knew what section it was. And it was just like, yeah, pretty amazing how kinesiology led me to being able to identify my empathic abilities. Um, that, was, that was huge. I would agree. I think that's what it's done for me as well, because my rock bottom came at the end of my diploma with kinesiology. So I suddenly thought, well, I've finished and I need to get out there and do something now. Um, and once I started practicing and started to really tune in to that empathic side of myself, um, it, it, I'm like you, sometimes I just know what the response is going to be before I actually muscle test. And I'll have clients coming and I'll sometimes think, oh, I have a feeling this is going to come up. So I'll just, you know, do a little refresher or pull out what I need. And, and it does, it doesn't always happen. And, and I trust the process and that's fine. But because of that, and because it's allowed me to grow my spiritual side and to trust my intuitive side, that's where now I actually am seeing the clients with the Reiki and the crystals. Whereas a few years ago, I wasn't because I didn't have that confidence to do it. So it's been a great learning experience. I so relate to you. <laughs> I think the, oh, the control freak part of me just absolutely loved a clear defined answer. Um, and I think as I've grown with my spirituality and my trust in spirit and my, you know, even, even the, the bits where I'm not meant to know and just trusting that too, like you said, like sometimes you just don't and that's okay. You're not meant to, it's, it's mm. the slow reveal and you've got to trust spirit on that. But I, I just, oh, it really appealed to the, the definitive yes or no black and white side of myself that really needed to, to be spot on ski. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I was a clinical supervisor um, of other counsellors too um, for, for years. And I think it really helped me to be able to, um, yeah, be, be that person that felt that they were able to guide other people with uh qualify you know to qualify um it's kind of an interesting world out there and kind of an interesting thing we do with projecting our stuff onto the world of academia and go well i need to look like i'm a professional and you know that kind of stuff we do it all the time don't we yes we do i agree my um other background before doing this was accounting so i've come from a very left brain 
left side of the world, you know, the right and wrong, the black and white, you know, when you do accounting, it has to balance, there's no gray area. So I think that's why kinesiology initially appealed to me because it was, it's, you know, it's based in physical structure. You can feel the response in the arm. There's a whole protocol you follow. And I, that's what I loved about it. And there was science behind it. There was real hardcore science. And I thought, oh, I can, I can go to people and tell them I do this and I can tell them why it works. Um, and that was probably the main reason I, um, I was drawn to it and then had the confidence to go out there and practice because I had this structure to follow. And, but it's funny, as you go along and as you learn, um, you know, sometimes that structure or that protocol goes out the window because clients come in and they don't, they don't fit a certain criteria or they don't fit what this, this particular procedure is saying. So I have had clients lie on the table and I'm muscle testing around the room to go, all right, obviously nothing I've worked here. What do I need to bring in? Is it something from my angel cards? Is it something from my crystals? Is it something from colour therapy or my, you know, my aromatherapy oils? And that's outside the scope. And that's what I love about kinesiology. You can bring in everything else that you've learned because Every kinesiologist will be different because of where they've come from, because of their knowledge. And you can just muscle test and see what the client needs. So yeah, that's, that's what awesome. I love about it. Mm. Yeah, it's a funny kind of thing because, like, I started off, like, when I was 19, well, actually, when I left school, I dropped out. I was a hairdressing apprentice dropout. So I dropped out of school to do hairdressing and then after a very short period of time, realized I had, I couldn't stand the fumes. This is all my, my, obviously my empathic and sensitivities. I wasn't aware of why I was so sensitive, but I, what happened was I ended up working in a costume jewelry shop and then a friend from school walked in and she said, oh, I'm going to enroll into TAFE to do secretarial college. And so I thought I was so bummed that my hairdressing apprenticeship had fallen through and I was working in a cosmetic accessory shop and I just didn't, I wasn't happy. I just was bored. I was so bored. It was ridiculous. It was so boring. And I went, grabbed it with both hands, went, I'm going to too, because I had nothing else to do. But that led me to administration work. It led me to, um, I studied accounting as well. I, I was an assistant accountant for a while. And I think, yeah, I know it's weird. We've got so much in common. It's ridiculous. Um, but, but all of that, I say to people, like all of, all of our steps through life have helped like I know they have helped me to be able to run my business, to be able to, to be able to build what I'm building um, the way I need to build it, you know, um, with entrepreneurship and things like that. I mean, it's, it's all that background that served me, not, it hasn't been a waste of time, but I feel like, yeah, it, for me, the numbers, like I can so relate to you because I could count on the numbers. I could, you know, there was, there was a definitive result and it was like, it replaced my faith in a way, but um. In, in another way, the way I look at it, as you're talking to me about it, I think to myself, well, I needed to count on something. And if I could count on numbers, then I, that's, that's also what led me to anorexia because I, I was counting numbers all the time, calorie counting all the time. I was a walking computer. Um, and so I, my rock bottom happened when I rock bottomed with my eating disorder and I was completely like out of control. But when it comes to, um, you know, the kinesiology side of things and kind of, or, or if people want to try the kinesiology or they want to try muscle testing to help them um, tick that box so that they feel like they can start to trust something, mm -hmm. I, I'd say go for it because it's so handy. And then when you've got that out of the way, then what happens is the trust starts to build between you and spirit, I think, automatically for some reason. 
then what happened for me was my psychic ability started to kick in. Like I started to see more. Um, and I remember the first, it's kind of funny. It's going to sound funny, but the first thing I, I actually asked spirit was just show me a yes or a no. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't a good seer. I didn't see stuff. I, I was obviously a feeler. And so I would see a, a yes or a no. And that was very linked to my kinesiology as well. So. <laughs> Do what you can, guys. Do your short. Do what you gotta do. No, I love it. I, I agree with you, and I think I'm um, I'm at that point now when I'm de- where I'm developing my psychic side and asking the universe for for those um, those signs that um, that can come up. And I just love it when they do. When they come up with something that comes up. I had something recently where I was reading a book, and um, I think it was called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And he said, you need to ask the universe for something and then not be attached to how it comes to you. And, and that was what I thought, okay. So I said to the universe, all right, well, if I'm meant to get up in the morning to do exercise, because I struggle with that in the morning, you'll wake me up. And I woke up and I, I was lying in bed thinking, all right, universe, you, you, you woke me up, I'll get out of bed. But it doesn't stop there. So I got out of bed and I went to put my runners on and... In there was my tree of life pendant that I had been looking for two weeks earlier that I had lost, was nowhere near my jewellery. And if I hadn't asked spirit and if I hadn't gotten out of bed, I would never have found it in my runner until I decided to wear it again. So, Sneaky spirit. <laughs> sense of humour. I love it. <laughs> so I did write a blog about that one because I just thought, I just love how you can ask the universe for something and you just get something totally unexpected. Yeah, and I love that. Yeah, okay, you follow through what you're going to do. Like you say, you, you put your order in, all right, we'll help you out. You follow through with it and guess what? You get a bonus gift of a necklace. It's <laughs> <laughs> that I lost three weeks ago that I could not find. Amazing, isn't it? it wow, is. that's a great story. Yeah, I loved that one. That was only a few months ago and I just, I just, I had to laugh. I thought, okay, guys, that's hilarious. Thank you. I also, I, I want to say, I, I'm, I don't, I can't even tell, but I wanted to, to say to everybody listening that you may or may not be able to realise this, but Caroline has actually got a cold and she, she has turned up anyway, which I think is another example of what we've just talked about. You know, we put our order in for today. We, we really wanted to, to do it today um, so that we're all on the, you know, the front foot of everything, but yesterday Caroline um, messaged me and, and said, oh, hey, oh, just giving you a heads up. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of feeling like I'm a bit under the weather. I'm coming down with something, I'm throwing everything at it. But, you know, do you want to cancel? And I, I said, look, Kate, you know what? Let's, let's sit, you know, basically let's set that intention to, to do it. And, hey, if, it, if we, you know, see how you feel, no issues. Fingers crossed, though. And, um, and I, th- I just want to say that, uh, you know, it's amazing that you've been able to turn up today and follow through with what you said. And it's, it's like you're not trying to be perfect, which I, I just honour that so much. It's like, really do. Because, you know, when we've got the flu and that, we don't, we don't feel that great. And yeah. You know what I mean? So thank you so much for turning up, following through. I'm sure there'll be gifts from today. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I have to admit, I do feel a little bit... Yeah, not as well as I would like to have felt, but that's okay. I've got my lemon and honey in water here that I'm just sipping all day and I'm drinking the water and I've got my aromatherapy oils and I'm taking my vitamins. So um, I thought the timing was interesting, but I think for me the timing was that last week I 
decided to start having warm water and lemon every morning. And I think that started to shift some toxins in me. And I think that's what's brought on. Because I haven't had the flu or a cold for, I, I don't think I've had it at all this year at all. I've been pretty healthy. So I think it's just shifting some stuff. And I thought talking with you today is shifted. Everything shifts things and everything helps us grow. So I thought, no, I'm fine enough to sit behind the computer and actually have a chat. And um, as long as my voice keeps up, it's all good. <laughs> Totally, honey. And, you know, I, um, what I find too is, you know, when I invite people into my enlightenment bubble of whatever kind it is, whether it's contributing to Lightworker Advocate magazine or, you know, whether they've signed up to, to do Everyday Lightworker 101 or they're, they're progressing onto Lightworker Practitioner Training, Next Level, whatever it is, I always find that we all, our body has, it's like we set the intention, we say, yep, yeah, this is what we're going to do. And it's like our body has to catch up and we have to honour that, like, but we don't have to hide, you know? Yes. And I, like, like, even for me, when I was recording, like work a practitioner plan, I, I came down with a cold. I hadn't had a cold in a long time. And th th there was a choice for me to not record with, with you know, uh, with an unperfect voice, perhaps a less muffly voice, or to record anyway. And I chose to record anyway. And I'm so glad I did. And I listen to those recordings now and I can't hear myself, I, I, I can't hear that I had a cold. And I wonder how is that possible? Like I, you know, I think spirit was obviously helping somehow, but at the time, yeah, I feel like almost like I, I was given that opportunity to kind of like collapse into avoidance in a way. Cause you know, like when our body comes up with wanting to rise up or step up in our vibration, we do, we let naturally, we do. We, we are going to go through um, flus and viruses and healing and all that kind of stuff. But it's, I think it's about like you quicken the healing process by turning up, not by collapsing. It. Unless, of course, you wiped, which is honour that and, and take that rest and time. But if you kind of feel like I can, because I've healed viruses really quickly by turning up rather than collapsing into them. And I, I want to ask you this too. Um, last night when I went to bed, I noticed I had an, like a little kind of issue of my, where are we, my right, my right ear going off to bed. So that could be my stuff, but I'm just curious if you have had any right ear stuff because I was going off to bed with something and I knew it was related to today. I just knew it was related to today for me or for you or what have you. Oh, okay. I didn't have any ear issues last night. So I guess it could have been though, I did go to bed. I thought I'll go to bed early with the intention of sleeping it off. Um, and I did start to read a book that someone had given me and I thought I did get a message straight away saying, no, you need to go to sleep. You don't need to read. So it was probably linked to that, that I needed to listen to go to sleep. You don't need to read tonight. It's time for an early night. So I think I switched off by about quarter to nine and thought, no, I need to just try to sleep. I had a funny night's sleep anyway, but, um, I think when you've got a cold and a dry throat, it, it can wake you up in the middle of the night, but yeah, that could have been that message coming through and me listening to it saying, you know what? And it was quite strong. Go to sleep. Don't read. Wow. And you know what? I went to bed really early too. Um, oh. And it would have been like 8 o'clock, 09, your time, because you're in Melbourne. Yes. And I went to bed at um, 45 minutes after that, which is kind of 9.45, which is like, uh, I mean, 8.45, which is kind of like when you were listening. I mean, that's... That's 
an interesting <laughs> synchronicity right there because I said to my husband, I'm not, I'm going to bed. And then it took me 45 minutes to get there because I was like, you know, when you're on the way to bed and you're cleaning up, oh, I just want to do that. And I just want to do that. And I was cleaning up and doing all these things. So by the time I got to bed, but it was so good. I had a great night's sleep and I woke up at five in the morning and I was just like, right as a button. So it's amazing, isn't it? Like, it really is. It, and that's what I thought. I thought I need to honour this. I really wanted to be here today. I thought I need to have a good night's sleep. So I'll go to bed early. And um, yeah, and I did. So I did sleep till, well, I probably still slept till about quarter to seven, but that's okay. Yeah, and I needed it, it today. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, rock on with the long <laughs> sleep. Um, I, yeah, oh, I just think it's an interesting conversation that we're having because when you're thinking about listening, it's very much uh, that that yin, you know, that yin energy of receiving and, you know, listening to spirit and the right hand side is very like yang, which is about doing. Um, and I feel like the message like that's coming through, especially from the dialogue that we've already had, is around little control freaks in recovery. Um, you know, you listen uh, to what you need to do being yang and you do it in yang you follow through and i feel like that's where i'm getting gooses all up and down my legs <laughs> oh, I'm like, doing <laughs> you too yes wow that's that's awesome yeah so we're hitting a nerve i think the people that are listening um perhaps we've got a little bunch of uh people who can relate to us and you know needing to needing to listen more to the baby steps i loved what you said about not worrying about the how. I, I'll share something that happened the other day with me. This is a current, this is a current uh, message that I got. Uh, it's kind of weird sharing it because I like to process it before I share it. So it's, it's, it's anti-control freak to share it. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so a message I got the other day uh, out of the blue randomly was I'm going to be um, acting in something like acting and as in something, I don't know what it is, a movie or a TV, something, something, something. And I was like, what? Like, I'm too about like keeping it real, not acting, anti-acting, um, you know, and then, so I don't know how, you know. And, I said, and these are the things that came up for me because I want to share my little process with you. What came up for me was, how the hell am I going to remember a script? I'm going to have memory like a goldfish. <laughs> um, I mean, even to the point where we're unscripted with enlightened conversations, but I have to have a paragraph I have to read out for my guests, you know. Um, so, and then I shared it with Tony, my husband, and my, my daughter, Phoenix, and they just both looked at me. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I don't know how. I just heard it, and um, God knows. Actually, God knows. But, yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. There's one of mine. I have no idea. Sorry. Um, that actually reminds me of, um, I think it was Wayne Dyer that actually had said, he, you, you know, Wayne Dyer, the, the um, yeah, author yeah. from Hamas? Yeah, I, I love him. And he'd actually said a, a while ago, this is when he was alive, he said something about, I'm going to act. And everyone was telling him, don't be silly. You're too old to act. And then he acted in his own movie. So, wow. anything possible. Well, there you go. I'm glad I shared it with you because, you know, like I'd have to feel passionate about the movie. Well, they showed me Oprah. They showed me Oprah and she was in a movie and, oh, yeah, she was in a movie, wasn't she? Um, and, and then I don't know. Yeah, it's, it'd have to be the right role or the right 
message, what have you. I know that for me, like I've wanted to make movies. Um, I don't know, just inspiring movies. I feel like, you know, we're the storytellers of our generation. Like, you know, like in the tribes and the ancient tribes and everybody learned through story. And so I feel like movies are great in that way. If they use the right way, they, they, they help to enlighten the planet. So for the, for a long time, probably now the best part of this decade, really, um, I've known when I'm in my 50s, which is only four years away, I will be making movies of some sort. I feel like maybe I might start off with documentaries. Um, maybe this is part of it. Who knows? I, I don't know. But I just want to share, like, it's okay not to know. Then, Like, I'm still going through it. I, I think that if we allow ourselves to that, uh, you know, that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, I guess it is honouring, really, isn't it? The journey. It's it's honouring. It's honouring. We'll need. We'll know what we're meant to know when we're meant to know it, and and including the how, including the baby steps. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I know years ago I've always wanted to write a book, and my book has always been a fiction book. It hasn't been so. My the book I actually wrote now was not fiction. It was my my journey through depression. But I I thought this is now my leverage to write that other book because I'd always, I'm still writing this other fiction book. It's going to be a spiritual fiction adventure story. Um, and it's in the back of my mind and I write a little bit every now and then, but um, I think it's, you don't, you can't dictate to the universe what you want and how you want it. You just have to let it go. And Wayne Dyer, he wrote his own movie. I mean, that was, that's how he acted. That was his story in his own life that he played. So I think, um, it's listening to spirit and going, all right, guys, that's going to happen. I'll leave it up to you to bring me the how. And then when it comes, at least you're aware that the opportunities come up and you can get out there and do it. But if you didn't have that awareness, you wouldn't know when the opportunity presents itself. Yeah. And it's like that. The ear chakras are like, they open up more, I reckon, because you're actually like in faith, you know, like, a flower opens and blooms and, you know, we, we say this about the base chakra, you know, when you surrender and let go, you open and, you know, you feel better sexually. And it's the same thing with ear chakras as well. I think that, you know, when you let go and when you trust and things like that, ah, oh, spirit just sends you a lot of messages, like a lot more than you get, like a lot more detail than you, you get. But also um, something dropped in this morning when I was on my run. Uh, actually, when I got back from my run, I was about to hop in the shower and, you know, things, weird things just drop in all the time when you're on the toilet and in the shower and things like that. And um, I know, and it's crazy. I Anyway, but what dropped in for me was the difference between a psychic and enlightened an enlightened person, you know, the difference between psychic abilities and enlightenment. You know, the psychic aims for, um, you could say this is a generalisation. I don't actually look at psychics this way, but the generalisation dropped in, if you know what I mean. Psychic aims for wanting to know the future or being able to see the future. Whereas the enlightened person is more about what to do about it, what to do about the knowledge that you've learned, what to do with it and how that is serving you, how it, that is serving other people. So it's the, you know, that's where the difference is. It's like um, you could say if you, if around the psychic ability stuff, it could be about wanting to be in control. Because if I know my future, then I can control it. Whereas the enlightened purpose person can say, well, I have this information, it's, it's gifted to me, but now what am I going to do about it? And then the thing that came through after that 
was if you actually sit in service, if you are sitting in service with the information you have and your intention is to serve, then you can't go wrong because what innately what you're doing is you're then reconnecting with everyone else. You're not saying, well, I know my future, so this is what I can do, blah, 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 and no one else matters because I can, I've got control and I've got this, da, 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 which a lot of people do. They want to go to a site to find out that information so that they can feel in control. Whereas the enlightened person goes, um, well, I've been shown that I've got this information. If I make this decision or that decision, what's for my highest good? What's for my, my highest enlightenment? What's for my, for the highest enlightenment of everyone? That's the difference. Yeah, and I agree. And I think that comes down to trust, doesn't it? Trusting yourself. Because going to a psychic, you're giving away your power and you're saying, you tell me where my life's going. Whereas if you're enlightened and you trust what the universe is bringing and you trust that you can, you know what's right for you by listening to spirit and you just let it go and you just trust the process, then everything changes. And I think, um, like you were saying about the ear, sh ear chakras, I think that changes our perception too, that when, when we trust the, the guidance we're getting from the universe, we open up our eyes to a different perception of what's around us. So we might yeah. say, you know, we, we suddenly see things that we wouldn't have seen if we hadn't come up with that initial idea. So I think it's, it's like um, before I ran a business, before I had any of this, I didn't know what business people out there did. I didn't know how many, pe how many women were in business. And now when I opened up, the, you know, and I'm, I'm part of different groups and I'm learning from different people, I think, wow, there's so many amazing women out there that are working two jobs or working and have got kids or doing so many different things. And I didn't know there were so many of them out there. And I didn't realise the, the effort that they put in to helping other people. I mean, men and women, I shouldn't say it's just women, but there's a whole world out there that I didn't know about. And then my daughter's now a dancer and suddenly I'm, I'm stuck in this, she's only 10, nearly 11, but I'm suddenly stuck in this dance world and I'm a dance mum and I was never a dancer. I was a netballer. And suddenly, you know, she's just been cast as a munchkin in The Wizard of Oz and suddenly I'm in with theatre people and I'm thinking, this is such a different world to anything I was aware of before. So I think when you open yourself up, there are so many pockets in the world that we just don't see because if we're narrow-minded, all we see is that bit in front of us and we don't know there's all these other wonderful people out there in, in different areas. I can relate. I, that's been seriously my joy um, not only with this program, because, you know, I'm open to a complete diverse array of different people that are extraordinarily interesting. And although I want to research them, I don't, because I really don't. I, I really want to just, let's have a conversation and, and find out about you, because I'm, I'm excited, to, I'm curious. So I'd rather, instead of get to, even though I have to, I have to screen people, but um, I try not to go too deep, because I really want to explore stuff with people. Um, it's exciting. I feel like, yeah, if you keep an open mind and, and really allow the universe to present who you're meant to learn from. Like, wow, dance. And I was netballer too. What <laughs> position did you play? I started off as goal defence and then ended up in centre. So I was a tall centre, but I loved it. Wow. 20 years of netball. I, I started off in, yeah, I started off in wing defence and then I ended up as a centre as well. And then I started again when I was working at Child Safety. We had a netball team. I was, ended up as a gold shooter, like... What? <laughs> I, I did a bit of shooting too, but it wasn't because I could shoot. It was because I could out-rebound and eventually the ball would go in. All right. I learned a few tricks up my sleeve. I like, you, you, you know, do your thing and then you take a step back when they'd already positioned themselves and you could get over their hand. 
Yes. All these little tricks you learn. Yep. <laughs> I loved net I loved netball. I thought it was awesome. I, I stopped actually because I think it was uh, my knees, you know, the turning and things like that. And I just didn't want to because um, you know, I'm pretty fit and I run and that kind of stuff, but I just it was that actual jerky motion and I thought, no, gotta really um honor the um the knees, I think, and the hips when you as you're getting older. Although I do do body attack classes, which we do athletic training, a little bit of agility stuff, but I have more control over that because you kind of know what moves are coming. Um I think yes. that's important. There is a certain level of connection I think we need to have and respect with regards to yeah, stretching our limits and because I do push myself because I I love being fit. But also just that sort of yin energy of really nurturing, being nurturing and compassionate and loving, not doing a self-hate. My, my, my whole ethos around exercise has to be around self-love because I did the whole bulimia exercise thing. You know, people go, oh, I, I can exercise now because I've eaten that. It's like that to me, it's bulimia. I don't do bulimia. I don't do my diet or what I eat based on how much I exercise. That's not what I do. So, because it's, it's just a plugs me back into my eating disorder. So I don't do that anymore. I just kind of put that out there actually, because I think that's important to talk about too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've um, always been on the heavier side, so I've always struggled with my weight, but I love my food. So not eating has always been an issue for me, but I have, I've spent time at the gym and I have, um, I was at my fittest, ironically, just before I started my kinesiology journey, I was at my fittest, I'd lost 60 centimetres and I, I think I don't, it was maybe 10 kilos, but it was through a 12-week body transformation program. And I loved it because I loved that feeling of feeling strong. I'm a big weights girl more than a cardio girl. And, um, and I loved that feeling of being strong. And I have to admit, I've sort of let that slide a little bit, so I do have to get back into it. But um, you have to love what you do. And so now for me, it's maybe going for a walk and I walk sometimes for exercise and sometimes just to clear my head or so I think if you can get into that pattern of loving what you're doing and you're not doing it because you have to then um then it, it's great and that is I'm not perfect so that's that's the next goal on my list of things to do is to to get fitter and healthier for my own benefit it's not about anything else but I had to work on my mind before I worked on my body because that was the process I had to go through yeah, I think it's, I think it all goes together and I don't think yeah. there has to be a timeline on it because, you know, sometimes we, um, like for me when I was, oh, I was amazing, I love my fitness and things like that, but when I was focusing on setting up um, the training and everything like that and all my hours were put in, I was just putting all the hours into that, um, I noticed I was I wasn't, I'd go on walks and things like that, but I wasn't really watching what I was eating that, that, that much. And I, I wasn't really pushing anything fitness wise at all. And I just, I just remember, um, I, I was pretty, I was pretty healthy though. Um, cause you know, I didn't have aches. I didn't have pains and things like that. Apart from a little bit of shoulder stuff, but that was an old thing that, um, it was interestingly enough corrected itself uh, after I wrote Everyday Lightworker Bible. It's kind of funny how that happened, but um, in general, like I felt really good. But um, I remember at the uh, in two thousand fourteen, just before writing the Everyday Lightworker Bible, I actually got up to seventy nine kilos. I'd actually put on like about I was usually about sixty four or so kilos, and I put on about fifteen kilos. Um, and I went, wow. I didn't even notice that going on. Whereas in the past, I was such a yo-yo person. Like it would just go like 10 days, put on two stone, you know, that kind of ridiculous stuff. Um, so in a way it was kind of good 
because I didn't, I wasn't obsessing about my weight, but in another way, it was like, ah, oh, yeah, okay, well, I'll, um, I'll be mindful about what I'm doing and, and, and step up the exercise and things like that. And it was kind of interesting and it was hand in hand for me with writing every day, like the Bible too, I think after, you know, how we were talking about healing, you know, your body kind of, it was almost like my body was saying, you're, you're noticing the heaviness because you're ready to release it. Um, and so then, yeah, just basically released it pretty much within the first six months of last year, which is 2015. Um, and haven't really had any issues with, or, you know, it creeping on too much. I still have to be mindful, but it's, it's pretty much in a happy place, you know, at the moment, which is great. I think it's good to find your happy place with, um, especially being 46 and your hormones change and your metabolism changes and all that jazz. So it's just about, oh, being real about it. Cause the estrogen dominance thing is real. Like I, I'm sure because I got up to that and I was getting more brain fuzz, like real like hormonal brain fuzz. And that's got like, I, I haven't got a great memory, but my brain fuzz, fuzz is completely gone. Just having lost that 15 kilos. Like it's, it's amazing. I, I did lose more than 15 kilos. I went down to 59, but it was just too, I didn't have a bum. So I decided to, um, <laughs> relax. <laughs> didn't like not having a bum. <laughs> What's that? I have no problem there. I have a bum. <laughs> but yeah, I think I'm at the start of that journey now. I think um, I had to work on myself. Like I said, for me, I had to do it in two separate bits because I was working so heavily on myself. Um, and I've been getting those messages now, like I said, you know, to have the warm water in the morning and to cut the coffees out. And, um, and so I'm working on eating healthier because food's so important. And I know when I was going through depression, if I'd had an energy drink, I was so angry the day after. There was something in those energy drinks that would just agitate me and I couldn't control the anger. So I thought, that's it. I'm not having an energy drink ever again. And I haven't, I, I might drink a coffee, but I don't have those, you know, the V's or the mothers or all that stuff because it just affected me. So I've been more mindful of what food does to the emotional side as well as the physical side. Yeah, that's fascinating, isn't it? Mm. Oh, I've had energy drinks before, but usually on a night where I've like had a, a drink and for, for whatever reason, the two don't go together for me and I just vomit and I, I yeah, I just, it's, it's just like, ugh. so I, I avoid them like the plague. I think there must be something really toxic in them because that's the only time I really feel, ugh. so yeah, with, with uh, having consumed that. So that's, um, yeah, interesting, isn't it? The energy drinks. I haven't really done any meditation on it for me. I just... Sometimes you just know stuff and you just don't even go, okay, whatever, not going there. Trust that. Yeah. That's what I do about fake sugars as well. I'm just such a not a fake sugar person. If I'm going to have a little bit of sugar, I'll have the real stuff, even though that's highly processed. And that's just a personal thing because I don't, I don't know. There's something about the fake sugars and there's people I know that all they do is drink Coke Zero or Pepsi Max and they're severely overweight and they're severely depressed. And I'm thinking there has to be a connection and, and this is just a, this is a gut feel. This isn't a scientific thing, but there has to be a connection between all these chemicals we're putting in our body, and and how we're feeling because our body can't process it. And our brain's going, well, "What are you doing? What are you giving me? And you want me to be healthy with this stuff?" So I think there's a big there's a yeah there's a lot going on out there with our food and our diet, and it's important to know to eat as clean as we can. 
I'm not perfect. <laughs> I like a good meal, but um, yeah, it's just knowing, I guess, what we're eating and, and feeling how we feel afterwards. Yeah, totally. There are some things that I eat that like, you know, when you can eat them and, and, and you say, oh yeah, I can eat that. Um, but I know I'm going to feel crap afterwards. Like meat pie, I love meat pies, but uh, I always feel really crap after having a meat pie. Like I just feel like, I don't know, heavy and pastry and, and a bit of reflux and I don't get reflux. So it's like, what's in that? <laughs> so yeah, I think yeah. it's about trusting. Sometimes you just got to just literally cut things out and go, yeah. Well, stop. I know uh, chocolate's my thing and I can have one cube and I'll be, you know, I'll be fine. But then I'll have the one cube and go, well, that tasted so much, so good, I'll have a few more. And then I feel really sick because I've just had too much chocolate. Whereas if I'd stopped at that one, I probably would have been all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting thing what your triggers are and what they lead to, you know, what, you know, yeah, I think that's the thing. I think with um, maintaining, the thing I've learned about maintaining enlightenment um, is, is, is it's about, for me, because I was such a black and white control freak, with anorexia and just dieting and is, is about finding the middle road that's loving and what that looks like shifts and changes a lot mm -hmm. as I grow more into who I am. So having not that sort of, you know, allowing the journey to unfold around it and trusting that I know what is right for me and owning that, taking ownership of it and saying, well, I really, I realize that, you know, that, I can't, like if I, and I, I do avoid certain places. I'll, I'll admit it. I don't go to, by choice, I don't go to um, all you can eat restaurants because I know I love my food. Hell, I'll just, I'll be happy to go back for a few plates, you know, like, um, and that's not moderate. So, you know, if I go there, it's almost like punishing myself because yeah. then you're like, well, you can't go back for a few plates, you know. But, you know, you're wondering, well, but I'm here and I want to put everything on my plate. You know what I mean? It's almost like, well, kind of going's loving, not going's loving, you know, yeah. and just working, working out that stuff um, for ourselves. Because I think at the end of the day, um, like you talk about empowered happiness, you know, for me, enlightenment is about moderation. It's about finding the middle ground. It's about being real about the light and the dark. It's about, you know, being somewhere in the middle. So I'm not doing that all the time um and i have been very constant for a long time like i have come from that like in my history um but had have had years of just being constant and and you know you have your little maybe little highs and lows but you're not going ah, ah. Um, and i think for me that's what when we when we, when our enlightenment starts to um collectively your days together are more balanced you know what i mean a day after day after day and then you're consistent you can offer that to the world um more you know um regularly consistently because i think we all have days or moments where we're enlightened or we have our aha moments and that's what i hope this show aims to promote that um but yeah just know that builds and that gets better and better yeah yeah, I would agree with you. I think, um, you know, I've been asked, am I happy all the time? And I'm not. I still struggle. I don't struggle with depression anymore. That's gone. But there are days when I'm still cranky or I, you know, I've had the last few months where I've struggled with a few things because I do look at myself a lot. I do do, um, I, I go to spiritual development classes every Monday night. So I'm constantly evaluating what's going on in my life. And the last few months have been a little bit harder for me 
And I think that's just me shifting and the universe reminding me of what I need to, to do for others. And I think I came to the realisation last week that I, I felt like I really needed a hug from someone. And I went to bed Friday night and I said to the angels, do you know what, can you take this away? I'm done. I know what I need to do. And I woke up Saturday, felt fantastic. And over the next couple of days, there were three people that came into my life that needed hugs from me. So I thought, because I'd woken up thinking, I'm just going to give out hugs. I, I'm fine. And I just loved the way the universe, you know, I said to the universe, this is what I need. All right, I get it. I'm going to offer it to other people, angels. And they did. They took away the, the yucky feeling that was there that had been sort of sitting there for a while. Um, but I had done the work. I've been working through this for, for a few few weeks now trying to, figure out why I was feeling that way. And then, yeah, then three people. And I thought that's just affirmed. This is what I'm here to do, just to, to be there and help other people. And sometimes people just need a hug or they need a smile or they just need a, hey, Hannah, are you okay? That's all. Absolutely. So true. I'm giving you a big hug right now. <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> Yay. I love metaphysical hugs. And I know... And I, and I know that people might think that's silly, but seriously, I have been doing metaphysical hugs for a very long time. And I believe that just as real as a real hug, you just got to let yourself really relax into it, really be present in it and really feel it. Um, I, I started doing metaphysical hugs with my little kids over the phone. Um, sending you a hug right now. Mm. <laughs> and um, yeah, they're real for me, so. Oh, look, I agree. One of my favourite hugs, and I think this has happened when I was going through depression, I realised, is I ask Archangel Michael to give me a hug. So I just imagine his wings behind me and he gives me a big hug. And I tell my clients that now. I say, you know what, if you need a hug, just ask the angels. And every time I even say it to someone, I just feel his wings giving me a big hug. That's, so I'm all for metaphysical hugs. <laughs> I love that. I love, I love that. Mm, I want, I'm going to ask Archangel Michael for metaphysical hug now. Thanks for that. See, this, this conversation is enlightening. I'm always learning something. <laughs> wow, I've asked him for his thought before. Why can't I just ask him for a freaking hug? <laughs> <laughs> I do all the time when I need it. Yes. So, um, oh, good on you. Yeah, just feel safe and secure and. I think it's just that feeling of warmth and, you know, he's, he's the protector. So he's got his big sword and he protects us. Yeah, absolutely. It's total strength, isn't it? I love that. I love that. A strong hug. Yes. When you want a strong hug, go to Archangel Michael. Bring it on, Archangel Michael. Come and give me, come and give me a hug. <laughs> mm. <laughs> down on where's everything heading for you and let it, let our viewers know so that they can plug into you. Sure. So I do have two websites. I have one website which is based around my kinesiology and that's empowerkin.com.au. So E-M-P-O-W-E-R-K-I-N.com.au. And then I started a new website called empoweredhappiness.com and that's around my book. And on that site is where I blog. Uh, there are freebies on there so people can log in and they can get the first chapter of my book for free. Uh, they can get a walking uh, meditation, an MP3 meditation, um, and there's an ebook on there. 
there are three meditations in my book, so I'm recording them slowly and releasing them. So that's the, the first one that's on there. Um, I also have uh, uh, the Facebook group, Empowered Happiness, which I'm building up and I post in there every day. And the whole idea is to post happy things, but also to get people thinking. So, you know, what makes you happy? What doesn't? Where are your struggles? How can we help? And just to be a positive place, because I think the world these days, there's a lot of negativity out there and there's a lot of people, you know, go on Facebook and people complaining or whinging. And um, it's just a place where you can go where it's just all going to be positive and helpful so that if you need a lift, you know, um, that's a place to go. And I'm also writing a program at the moment, Empowered Happiness, so that it can be delivered to your email box and there'll be meditations every week, which I've written. And it's just, it's a, it's a combination of what I went through. So it's using some of the kinesiology techniques as well as my spiritual development work that I've done on Monday nights. And it's just a combination of all that to try and get to the core of what's holding you back from being happy and then getting happy. So people can email me, find my details on either sites and feel free to connect with me. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. You're like me. You do layers of things. You've got your book, your program, you've got your website, your little group, and anyone can join the group. I understand it's, it's an open group. Yes, it, it's, um, it, it's a, I think it says it's a private group that you join. Yeah, anyone can join. Anyone can find it on Facebook and join. Yes, absolutely. Cool. Oh, that's great. Um, you know, because I guess... I share with you the values of, yeah, you know, we keep it real. Like, you know, you, you're identifying what may be holding you back from happiness, but then what you're promoting is focusing on the solutions and focusing on what you can yes. do about it. And that's enlightened for me. And not only empowered, it is very empowered because we're making the choice then to say, well, I'm the steward of my happiness. I'm the steward here. No one else, it's not like someone brings me a million dollars and then suddenly I'm happy or someone, I have the perfect partner and then suddenly I'm happy. I'm the steward of my happiness and anything can get in the way of that if I allow it. That's the empowered approach, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it's taking responsibility for your own happiness and knowing that not, no one can say or do something to you that doesn't make you happy. If you're at the shops and someone's rude to you, that shouldn't affect your happiness. That could just be they're having a bad day. So, yeah, it's taking ownership and, and, and saying, well, I'm, I control if I'm happy. And that's what I did last week. I thought, you know, I am, I'm over this. I'm waking up and I'm going to be happy. And it's funny, the Saturday went lovely and everything was lovely and... Th th the universe brought that confirmation back to me and you know it's the little things um that happen on purpose once you yeah, put the I, love, I love that you keep it real i love that you're able to share yeah i've i've had to look dig deep or i'm going through something that requires my attention um i love that you do that um i certainly can relate to that if something presents itself to me that i feel is you know, and I, I often I'll call it a wobble. You know, I'm feeling a little bit of a wobble. Um, then I have to have a look at it. Um, or, or if I feel like energetically a part of my body system feels a bit walled off or closed down, it's obvious to me now because I've done a lot of work on creating a good flow through all my energetic centers. So when it's a block or it's fuzzy or there's something not quite right, usually I can identify it quite quickly and I'm really, you know, onto it because I feel like those are the signs that, we need to look for so that we continue to maintain our happiness. If we don't, that's when we start to feel pain. That's when we start to feel tired. That's when we start to feel miserable. And that can lead to unconscious depression. Like, you know, depression is like literally, I know you're saying it's somewhere where spirit can push you too, but 
it's because we haven't listened or it is yeah. because we haven't noticed the signs to begin with, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely. I think that's, you've got a spot on there. It's, that's exactly what it's about. And I think you never stop learning. You never stop growing. And I think the minute you stop, I think that's the minute that, that happiness can can um, sort of decrease in your life because life is about learning. Life is about meeting new people, learning new skills, even if it's just reading a book and going to a fantasy place, you know, because someone's created it. It's all about moving. I think Einstein had that saying that you need to keep moving on your bicycle. That's what life's about. Keep yeah. moving. If you stop. Yeah, exactly, honey. I think enlightenment is, it's, it's actually an eventuality. So... Yeah either embrace it or we can fight it. Um, I think when we fight it through denial or unconsciousness or lack of attention or lack of willingness, I think that's when we start to encounter a lack of flow in our life. And then when we embrace it, like you said, you woke up that next morning and things had shifted, but it was because you got real with yourself. It was because you had, you're honest with yourself. It was because you actually owned it. It was because you were able to practice faith and let it go. It was because of all those amazing things that, it shifted for you. And yeah, I, I just want to, I just want to say like, that is a very evolved and enlightened way to live your life, not to deny what's going on, but to acknowledge it and then do something about it. Yeah. And that's how I think I'll continue to live, to live my life. And actually that brings me to another thing that I will be creating those, um, the meditation self-development classes I go to on Monday nights, I'll be starting to run my own so that I can sort of impart that onto other people so that they can start to learn to if they want to take their life to the next level and just keep growing because that's that's exactly right that's what enlightenment's about about going well things aren't moving smoothly smoothly here what am i doing or what am i holding back on or what what am i missing that's not letting me just flow so yeah. and i i think that's awesome um and i think that you know it's we always learn what we give away as well like it reinforces our learning and i always say like you don't have to master something before you start passing it on. Like I've never run my own television show or my own radio show on my own. I've never directed and broadcast my own shows, but spirit said, this is what we want you to do. And I'm like, okay, I'll just turn up then, shall I? And then just do it. And then from that, you're actually, well, going to learn how to do it well, but you have to start somewhere. Right. And who knows, I might be teaching other people how to do it themselves just by being involved with me, you know, Maybe you'll start to run virtual classrooms or yeah. do something like that. Um, you know, I, I feel like, yeah, we just have to honour that next step for our enlightenment in order for us to really stay on track, stay on purpose and make sure that we continue to reinforce um, our learning as well. Yeah. It's just remembering that we, we don't have to be perfect all the time. That's absolutely right. And, yeah, and I've... I'm yeah. In. Yeah, just, just keep going and go. It's, it's, I guess it's in the imperfection that we're perfect because if we were perfect, there'd be nothing to do and nothing to learn. We'd just be, well, I don't know what we'd be doing if we were perfect. <laughs> and so that, that's, and it's embracing that imperfections and going, all right, well, I'm stuffed up here, so let me figure out how I can fix it or how I, you know, how, what should I learn from it or how do I move on from it or whatever it is. It's just keep moving forward. And, Absolutely, absolutely. And oh, and we've got a Q&A and that's going to happen on the 9th of December, which is Friday. And that will be at 11.30 to 12.30 in Australian Eastern Standard Time. So 11.30am to 12.30pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. And if you're around in Caroline's network in Melbourne, that will be 12.30pm to 1.30pm 
That's Friday the 9th of December. We are going to be live streaming it from my Michelle Lightworker Facebook page and you can, we'll provide a number. So if you want to call in, you can call in and um, if you want to write some questions, you can. If you want to write questions to us before then, you can as well. Just pop them on this uh, post or um, email us at admin at lightworkerreflections.com um, or through our website, lightworkerreflections.com or through our website now, which is enlightenedconversations.com.au, which is part of my, I've just like bought the domain name, but it's really part of lightworkerreflections.com. But I thought I'd better buy the domain name because you never know how popular it's going to get. And so then if you just type in enlightenedconversations.com.au, you will go to our website. So you can contact us through the contact forms there and ask questions because that's what, that's what we're here for. We're here to share our knowledge and also if you have something that you want to share on this conversation anything that we've talked about and you want to put your hand up to call in live or you want to write something we can read it when we're doing our live q and a please do more than open to feedback more than open to your story would love to would love to you know um, interact with you about that so thank you so much caroline so very much for joining me today it's been amazing i've really loved it thank you for having me i've had so much fun and i love these conversations and i love just seeing i love talking anything spiritual and just seeing where, where the conversation goes it's been fantastic and i'm sending you oh. a virtual hug now so here's a hug. Oh, thanks. oh i can feel it thank you so much and blessings to everybody we'll catch you next week bye thanks bye